0: This is a HeadGum Podcast.
1: Hello, and welcome to Good One, a podcast about jokes. I'm your host, Vulture Senior Editor, Jesse David Fox. That first late night spot is an important marker in the marathon that is a stand-up's career. Though the days of one Carson appearance changing your life are in the past, it's a way to know you're on the right track, and it's a way of telling potential audiences in the industry, this is who I am. This week on Good One, we talk about what it's like to put together that five minutes after years of dreaming about it with our guest, one of my absolute favorite young comedians and co-host of the Couples Therapy podcast, Naomi Paragon. Beyond being just so, so funny, Naomi's conversational style makes her one of those special types of comedians who you just want to be friends with, whether you're seeing her live or on national television. So, here's Naomi eck on Late Night with Seth Myers, followed by Naomi eck on Good One Podcast.
0: Friends, I am at a crossroads. I mean that health-wise, okay? And by that, I mean I just found out I can no longer fit into my old Navy jeans. You know? So, I'm at rock bottom. Um, the thing is, like, I want to eat healthy. You know what I mean? Like, I want to figure out what the deal is with salad. But, like, I, I don't know how. And I... I think it's like I think it's probably because like, I used to drink to feel pretty, now I eat to feel nothing, you know? <laughs> yeah, I think that's it, you know? I did decide I would go to a nutritionist, though. You know, I said, I was like, go to a professional, spend the money, figure out what you're supposed to do with a shallot. You know? <laughs> I have, unfortunately, uh, made and canceled my appointment twice. Okay? But I have a reason. It's because before you go to a nutritionist, you have to keep a food journal. They want you to write down everything you eat and what time you eat it for two weeks straight. And it's like, I get a day and a half into that food journal, and I'm like, I see. (laughs) You know? You know? It's right there in black and white. (laughs) At which point, I can't justify spending the copay. You know what I'm saying? Bring it to a professional just for them to be like, Do you see? You know? The problem is my best life is sitting at home wearing a fleece pant, okay? On top of which, I put a lap blanket. The sole purpose of which is to collect any crumbs, you know? And I'm not gonna lie to you guys, I'm probably watching a procedural, okay? Criminal Minds is my number one, okay? If I can't get that, I'm gonna do Law & Order Classic, but I prefer a special victim, you know? Yeah, 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 definitely. You know, and if that's not on, I'll go true crime. You know, something like, I almost got away with it. Snapped. Killer kids. Wives with knives. You know. Or my new favorite, swamp murders. It's exactly what you think it is. You know, you find a body in a swamp, you work your way back. Yes, yes. Best hour of my life. I'm telling you, I watch so many of these shows, I'm a damn detective at this point. You know what I'm saying? I done clocked my 10,000 hours and I can crack a case. You know? (laughs) To be fair, it actually is pretty simple because every show starts the same way. You know, every episode starts with a white woman in peril. You know? (laughs) It's true. And when you watch as many of these as I do, it starts to affect you. You know what I mean? You feel it in your heart because it's like, white women, I want you to live. You know? (laughs) They do. You know? So I feel like while I have so many of you here, I want to give you guys some advice, okay? A little hot tip for all you Megan, Sarahs, and Lindsays out there. Okay? If you want to avoid a serial killer, you got to stop with the jogging at dawn and dusk. You got it. Yes. Yes. Honey, if the light is low, you do not go. You know? When you're jogging at that hour, you got two options. You're gonna find a dead body or become a dead body, (laughs) which is why I don't exercise in public, you know? If you're gonna do it, at least bring a buddy. You know what I mean? Megan, bring a Sarah. Sarah, bring a Lindsay. Add a Becky. Now you're safe. You know? Jesus. I honestly do not know what my... Like, I don't know why I watch so many of these shows, quite frankly, because they're terrifying, and the real world is scary enough. (laughs) You know what I mean? Because, like, I feel like it's like Donald Trump gonna let the racists out. You know what I'm saying? He gonna, he gonna let them out their hidey holes, like little bigoted meerkats, you know? I'm serious. It's happening now. I'm on edge, you know what I'm saying? If you are lighter than a paper bag, I am checking you, okay? Yes. You too, Seth Myers, okay? Yes. Honey, just because you got dimples don't mean you ain't on a list. You know? <laughs> I'm serious. Like, everyone's a suspect, you know? And especially I find myself most on edge when I'm in Brooklyn because there's this breed of hipster, okay? This hipster dude. You know this guy, okay? He's got the sleeve tattoos, the trucker cap, the beard to hide his identity, <laughs> you know? And you know, if I'm walking down a street by myself late at night, I'm looking at him with side eye like, um, are you a white supremacist or do you brine your own pickles? <laughs> you know? And you won't know till it's too late. <laughs> Thank you, guys. I'm Naomi Ekparrigan.
1: I am here with Naomi Ekperigan. Thank you for being here.
0: Thanks for having me, Jesse.
1: So I really want to talk about this joke because I love it. And... Before we talk about actually writing it, I wanted to get a sense of your life of which this joke was the basis of, you know? <laughs> like, where, what are you doing that you're like, now I need to filter this experience into my comedy?
0: Oh, just generally trying to fit my clothes. <laughs> you know, that's an ongoing struggle. That's where I'm at most days. And I was just at this time where... I, for real, I was like, I'm going to go to a nutritionist. I'm going to do something about this. Let's take those actions. Because I had hit this point where I I will never make the right nutritional choice, mm-hmm. period. I eat, I and I think of food with my tongue. Where, and I think that healthy people think with their bodies. How will I feel after I eat that? No. No. For me, it's what does it taste like and will it be delicious? Yeah. So I said, I was like, well, maybe if I know that's where I'm at, go to a professional. Get answers, you know, and I was very quickly stymied, like the most, or uh, very quickly discouraged. Like with most things I do, I just it got a little difficult, and then I was like, okay, I guess we get the gist of this, and so that's what it was.
1: So you do you ended up actually go in in real life? You did go to a nutritionist? No, no. In real oh. life, I
0: canceled them both, and I never went. All right, because I thought, okay, the person is literally just going to tell me to stop eating what I'm eating. Yeah and that's not a true that's not a choice i'm ready to make
1: you've made the appointment being like i hope this is the type of nutritionist well that will tell me a secret that i don't know exactly. but you know that's not what's happening
0: exactly exactly
1: so then what was the evolution to then being like oh maybe i should talk about this on stage
0: for me it doesn't take much i get a kernel of an idea and i try it pretty quickly mm-hmm. just to see if it does have legs but this bit you know This set in particular, it's funny listening to that bit. I cringe a little bit because the feedback I got from the internet, never lovely, but people really called out how much I said, you know.
1: Oh, I love that. about. I literally was going to be like, what I like about your stand-up is how much you say, you know.
0: (laughs) Well, I think it is in some ways, it is my, the way you might say, um, 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 I'll just say, you know. Sure. I think it is the nature of stand-up and the kind of stand-up where you are just talking about yourself. You are trying to make that connection. Yeah. So I think it does become a, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, exactly. It's how, I mean, I've it, I've talked to you not doing stand-up and you are, it's a conversational thing you do. You know? You know what I'm saying? It is a, it is a definitely, if you said um, then yes, it would be maybe something to notice. Yeah. But it's 100% natural to your, everything you're trying to do on stage.
0: It's. I think it is. It's part of my cadence. I've owned it now. But also, that version of it is from my late night set on Seth Meyers. And I was really nervous. And I was so cognizant of the cameras, the audience being kind Mm. of close. I was wearing these, like, heels and a cute outfit. And I'm much more of a pacer and a mover on stage. And so suddenly I had to pull it all in. And I think a lot of the energy then went into, you know. Yeah, yeah. The energy I would have spent kind of moving and making eye contact and playing I just put more words into that space yeah because
1: yeah, you couldn't feel the connection as much because you so you're like you know, you know like you had to like yeah. just sort of say the words that you would normally just be like you point to an audience member
0: exactly or look at somebody like this bitch feel me but I can't say this bitch <laughs> you know
1: <laughs> I don't know I mean ne- I mean next time you could probably be like just random audience members from <laughs> wherever they travel to When you say you had a kernel of it, of the idea, what, what do you go up with, with a joke like this or in general?
0: Well, I guess I started out with the idea of going to a professional, figuring out what I'm supposed to do with a shallot. Yeah. You know, that idea. And so that was it. And I wanted to see if, was, I see, going to get a laugh? Mm -hmm. Because that for me is where the joke goes. Like, it doesn't go much farther than that. But I didn't know if it was enough. And so I definitely went up with the idea of okay, I don't know what to do with a vegetable. I don't know what healthy people eat. The things I was kind of saying to you, that's how it started. Yeah. And then tacking on that I hadn't actually gone to the appointment.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: That I was like, no, I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna change it. But and then how quickly you don't follow through, or how quickly I didn't follow through.
1: I've I've heard you talk about how you never really were you never really like did a lot of open mics you never were like doing stand up every night yeah um, which is really interesting what how what is your then process of developing a thing
0: I think a lot of it because my style is conversational it will happen in conversation not that I go into convos trying to workshop something but when I am talking about I think we all have like yeah. topics we get into all the time things we're talking about with our friends a lot. And sometimes if I talk to someone, I'll kind of notice if someone really laughs. You know, if I get like a really deep belly laugh out of somebody, I think, huh, maybe that could be a joke, maybe. And then maybe I'd write it down. Lately, because I'm living in this dark cesspool of Los Angeles and I don't have as many friends, I can't do that as much. Yeah. So I am kind of writing down ideas as they come. For a few years, I was my first few years of doing stand-up, I was so resistant to notebooks. I thought it was so embarrassing. It's like, look at you trying. Look at yeah. you thinking you're so funny. You got to write it down. You know, and then I realized, how else are you going to remember if when you start to do the actual work of building an act and building a routine? You got to put it somewhere. Yeah. And then I was like, okay. Like, I have no problem with that. You know, <laughs> so I keep my notebook in my purse and if something happens or maybe I'll do a voice memo, but half the time that's like... No, no, I said other, not smother, D- delete. Yeah. But it's like, no. So I just like write everything down in a notebook.
1: Were you, it, it's interesting how not only your conversation on stage, but it literally is an extension of the conversations you have off stage. Were, was your goal always, how can I be the person I am off stage? On stage? Is it like, is there a
0: delineation? It's funny you say that because. My fiance will say, "You got to be more of yourself on stage," but that's only because he sees the sad me. Yeah, you know what I mean. I'm like, "Why do you talk about this stuff?" And I'm like, "Because it's a bummer." Um, so,
1: by more yourself, the part, of the sad part of yourself.
0: Yeah, the maybe the darker or more emotional mm-hmm. things. Yeah, uh, he says, "Why don't you bring some of that into it?" You know, and I can't do that until I have the space that there's a joke there. Yeah. Until you, and we've seen it and I've done it. You, you're kind of talking through something on stage, but there's no joke yet. You're just kind of ranting. Yeah. But I don't know if it was ever very conscious. You know, that idea of be yourself. It was, I always felt like that's all I can do. If so much of the work of this and the success in this is standing out, mm-hmm. to me, it always had to be personal yeah i was never a news of the day topical person never i was never talking about that stuff because i thought well anybody could do that and you got people on tv who are doing it every night and then the other comics so the only thing i can do to set myself apart is to talk about who i am and where i'm at
1: and this is my point of view yeah for how conversational is there there are specific phrasings that um i i I really love um and i want to run through a few of them and see (laughs) uh just what you know it's not even just the phrasing but sort of such a clear way of how the way you say it is like this is how your brain goes through and i want to help you i want to see if you can expand upon any of them (laughs) i just learned i can no longer fit in my old navy jeans which i felt like was a fit (laughs) every time because that's no offense to this part of the joke but it's a smaller laugh and i'm always like Something about the old navy jeans to you is very funny, like
0: because old navy is made for a larger American. I'm not. I also want you to know that I'm not fancy, and that when I say I can't fit my clothes, we're not talking about some Joe jeans, jeggings, like you know what I mean, like a high waisted thin number. I'm talking a mom jean, <laughs> and when I can't fit into a mom jean. We got a problem. (laughs) Yeah, It's a
1: shortcut being like, this is a problem. I can't even fit in the jeans people wear when they can't fit in jeans.
0: Exactly. Exactly. It's like, we're all wearing a $20 old navy jean for a heavy day, for a bloat day.
1: (laughs) Like, I want to learn what the deal is with salad.
0: Yes. (laughs) And I have so many more thoughts on that. I think that idea... And it's interesting because I've said that a lot of times I say, I'm gonna go to a professional and figure out what to do with a shallot.
1: Yeah. Well that's Ooh. that's in the joke too. You say Oh, like, I do
0: say shallot. Okay, it's good. Both. Okay, good. I've talked about both. Because it also lets you know like it's about healthy food. Yeah. It's not um necessarily a I'm not let, I'm not telling you that I'm a binger or that you know what I mean? It's like, what do I do with salad? Yeah, But it's also so simple, like, the idea of what to do with salad is so simple <laughs> that you realize I'm really working at a deficit here.
1: Yeah. The the part that, I mean, I remember when you wanted to talk about it, I remember, but the part that I, I'm always surprised is sort of in there because it is a, a more personal thing, which is like, I used to drink to feel pretty, but now I eat to feel nothing.
0: <laughs> My mother hates that line with the fiery passion. It really upsets her. And she's at that late night set. And she's like, when will you stop saying that? when it stops being true mother
1: the phrasing of sort of the thing which is like i get a day and a half in into the food journal and i'm like and then that pause is that joke yes the joke is building up to that pause where everyone at this point knows who you are and knows you're going to be like that's not going to work
0: <laughs> i know i think why i also what i i i find myself very i'm all, i'm always surprised by the joke i'm always surprised when it works because the punchline is a tone of voice, really. It's a cadence. It's the way, it's, it's the, I see, you know what I'm saying? It's the, Husha. and it, and you get a lot in the way it's said. Yeah. You know, that's not a, it's like, you know, they say so much of humor is surprise. Yeah. And I don't think you're laughing at surprise. You're laughing almost at like, that is exactly what I wanted that yeah. to be.
1: You know? It's almost like, that's exactly what Naomi would say. Because <laughs> <laughs> what you do is, you create like this is everything about me because you almost like that that answer to it you almost said at the beginning which is like right I you know I'm not gonna do a food journal so you know it's it is the exact opposite it's like so perfectly exactly you yeah it's just like oh that's what our friend Noam
0: <laughs> <laughs> I think it's also this idea that. In some ways, I'm a mess, but I start, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go to a person, and we're going to figure it out. I started hopeful. It, it, there's a little help. Yeah. There's like a, we're going to go. What's a shallot? Preach on it? No, we ain't. Why are we bullshitting? It's, also,
1: it's like you you know what the thing is. You see it. You see that there are people, and they go to nutritionists, and you're like, maybe I'm that person – Not today. Yeah,
0: Not today.
1: Not today. Uh, In general, how are you refining the language to be like, to say shallot, to say salad?
0: It's interesting when you learn that, and people talk about this, I think, a lot in comedy, there are words that are funny, words that get a laugh. Mm -hmm. Um, And I've just, I've kept shallot. For a while I talked, I said, like, what's the deal with kale, you know, as opposed to salad in general? But I felt like everyone's everyone's yeah. talking about kale, but in a way it is such, yeah. it's always uses such a shorthand for like hipster or organic or you know that kind of thing that was like kale is almost now too done to be the thing. Yeah. But it's also gotta be a vegetable that's recognized. like So when you hear it, you know what I'm referring mm-hmm. to, but you also in some ways it's gotta be a, an indie vegetable. Yeah. An unsung vegetable, something we're not really thinking of, but you're like, oh yeah, I know what a shallot is, but yeah, you're right. It's like, when do I use a shallot? Yeah. Have I ever bought an actual shallot as opposed to onion?
1: Yeah. As
0: opposed, you know what I mean? Anything else like that. So that was definitely one of those, and I can explain that. It's like picking that as the thing. Yeah.
1: And it just, kale would be, it's a specific thing, but it ends up being a little bit hack and has all these other connotations. And you're like, it's not that. My problem is like literally the most basic things of like (laughs) this fancy onion I don't know what means and also like salad. I know there's lettuce in a
0: bowl. Exactly, exactly. I don't like cold meat. And I'll tell you, I've never felt like more of an animal than I do when I'm eating a salad. Something about eating all those like leaves and they're just like stringy and you're chewing. I'm like, I literally envision a cow's face yeah. when I'm chewing. I'm like I'm just like a cow eating grass. That's what I'm doing right now.
1: I had a salad because I here because I'm in Los Angeles of we're course, recording you and I'm have to. And it was the lightest dressed salad. Ugh. I was like it tasted like someone put kale in a bowl and then in the distance you heard someone talking about a lemon.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, you we oppressed in that moment <laughs> that is like truly a terrorist act and i can't believe it's like and i and i i love a condiment and i'll always say dressing on the side oh, okay. meaning give me a little dressing, give me a little extra because i don't know what you think this is you know what i mean because the thing is they assume you're slender you went in for a salad they're like he's a healthy guy so they didn't want to like give you too much and it's like you don't know what i need <laughs> yeah. you know what i'm saying you do not get to make these dressing calls for me
1: yeah and their call was ba- i i was literally like is this I was trying to see how wet the right. Thing...
0: You had to hold it up to the light.
1: It's like, is this glistening? Is exactly. this, they cl- like? It's like they cleaned it and like, well, that's <laughs> that's dressing it. They cleaned it. I want to talk about specifically doing it on uh, Seth Myers. Yes. So first, do you know h- how did Seth Myers work? I think I have some sense of how they booked talent, but you know, like how the process was to
0: get on. I just submit a tape. You know, obviously through my reps, and then I submit a tape.
1: Was this joke on the tape?
0: Yes. This was also, though, part of this, this whole set, and it was actually really, it was rushed, and it was a little tough, because this was September 2016. I had just recorded my Comedy Central half hour in June of 2016. Mm -hmm. It was coming out in October, and I didn't know what material they were using. So I had just really put out all my good, like, I had just put all my good shit out. Like, you know, end of June, I was like, okay, I'm spent. I'm starting from scratch. I'm back to the beginning. And so... Even this joke, this is something I'd probably only been doing about a month, month and a half. Oh, really? When I was like, well, it's going in. Because I had one joke in there that is in the half hour. Yeah. In that set. But the rest of it was stuff I was like, okay, this is stuff I've been doing the last, like, six, eight weeks. Yeah. So I had to put, so I really kind of put it together, rushed. I knew it was, you know, again, I was now in this place where I was like, you got to get yourself out there. You got to do these things. There was no way I wasn't going to do it. And then, of course to have the half hour be coming out two weeks later because, you know, they always want to have a little something to promote. Yeah. Whether it's like your album, you're performing in Anaheim or whatever, right? Yeah. So it was like, oh, well, here's the thing they would to peg it Exactly, to. yeah. So, but I really did rush to put it together. But, you know, that's five minutes. And I am not a, I'm a long-winded person. And I also knew that there was something different. How do you show people who you are Yeah, in such a short amount of time especially when that's a, that may not be your audience. There's a little bit more, you know, something about the Comedy Central half hour, you know, it comes on a Friday at midnight. It's like people who watch Broad City, like yeah. a good chunk of them may be down. But the moms and dads, and I say that based on my own mother who like stays up to watch the late night shows, mm-hmm. you know, who watch the, com- who stay up for the comedian at the tail end anyway, they may not be all here for you. And I was conscious of taking a little bit of edges off of certain things. Oh, e- even if you notice, I say old Navy jeans, but then when you and I talk, I said, they're made for a larger American. I didn't say that in the late night, mm-hmm. because I said, honey, the larger Americans may be watching and they'll get livid.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so it's interesting, because for them, that old Navy jean is just sort of like, yeah, me too. Like Because that joke in you know, Gowanus or whatever, when you were working on it, is like a joke where they're like... Old Na- like, the the yeah. joke is about how you wear Old Navy, but right. that joke to someone in who wears Old Navy jeans, like, oh, I get it, we're, like, the same person.
0: Right, like, we all wear the same jeans, you know what I mean? Um, But that's just, you know, I think a lot of comics, you know, when people say, it's like, well, don't worry about that, you do you, but I think, especially in these er- these early sets on television, the, er- the you know, in the beginning where I was putting myself out, I was trying to consciously not unnecessarily ruffled feathers. I don't want you shut down because you think I've called you fat. Yeah. When there's like so much more for us to get into. Yeah. Slash, I don't have a lot of time to get into anything else so I don't want you stuck on the fucking, like, yeah. on second 20.
1: Yeah, you don't want them <laughs> to be like, what do they mean by Old Navy? Was that making fun of me? And then you're like, wait, I just finished this entire Exactly. Part. It's like, I'm <laughs>
0: done talking now. Goodbye. Like <laughs> So it was like that.
1: So like, it seems like you're, your first goal was, what are the jokes that represent me? You post a, like, let me think what is my most killer material. You're like, you want to be like, this is my introduction to people. I should be introduction introduce myself.
0: Exactly. Who is me? But then also, what's the most concise of what I have? Yeah. It was, you know, this set, Seth Meyers, I literally, I, I this phone, I have it. I probably have 20 recordings of this set. There was a time in which I had it down to four minutes, four and a half minutes. <laughs> and then I got up there. I took a couple pauses. You know, there's a countdown clock right in front of you. So... I literally done it so many times. I was like, I can do this in four minutes and 40 seconds. Like, it was like that. Yeah. And then I get up there and I kind of rush a little bit because it feels a little stiff and I can't play with the audience. Mm-hmm. And then it was like, okay, now I'm a minute and a half in and I, so what really should be the two-minute mark. Okay, now take your time here. Like, I was literally like, I'm doing the set and so mindful of the time and trying to yeah. get everything to, like, fit so tight. The work was what are bits and pieces that I can put together in five minutes that are strong jokes and let you know my personality and yeah. let you know who I am because I was never someone who started stand-up to be a writer Yeah. like for other people so when I get up on stage it's less about you being like that was a well-constructed joke as much yeah. as like I like her is what I want you to feel
1: yeah you're not be like oh she figured out how to make A plus B equal D or whatever she's like I know who this person is right and that was the goal yeah and be like I believe I am funny. People have told me I'm funny. They laugh at what I myself, and that is the thing that he wanted to con- convey. Right. What is sort of just to give some sense, like the the timeline of they say you can do it. You're working on this thing. You know how how much time do you have? How often are you? You said you you got it down to four thirty, but sort of what does that mean? How does how does one get something down to four thirty?
0: So. I, you know, again, you have to make the tape to begin with, so you can't really give them a tape that's, like, super long. It can be a little bit longer because they do have the option of saying, don't do that joke, or you can't do that joke for legal reasons, yeah. for verbiage reasons. So, you know, I I believe I gave a little extra, you know, like a six-and-a-half-minute type joint. Yeah. So then they can decide to pull something. I don't want to be like, this is what you get. So give a little something extra. It was like we we like, we like that set. Go, go! You know we're gonna have you. This is your date. So now I know I've got that date. So now I just start getting up on as many shows as I can get up. You know this is in New York, and I could do that, and I could. I had enough. uh, People knew me, and I could call in favors and be like, "Give me five, just give me five, do whatever." I was doing open mics. You know,
1: I just realized I saw you the night before. You did. You did our mutual friend Hallie's show.
0: Oh yeah,
1: I was on. I did a story that show. Oh my
0: god! Yes, 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 and you showed
1: up, and you like. Uh, I'm working on late night. <laughs> I'm good <laughs> too. <laughs> and we're all like, okay, but I just now remember that was because it was like right that period.
0: Yep, yep, I would do that. Or some shows where I would have a longer set, like at the set I was already scheduled to do, I would do that five minutes, knock it out, and then I would do, just like add on other stuff I wanted yeah. to do. Or I remember getting up and being like, I remember the one of the first times I did it at Sweet, maybe, or like at the Slip, maybe if it wasn't Sweet, it was at the Slipper Room, that yeah. sh- that venue. And I was like, just talking, and then it was, and then I look at the, I was like, oh, that's five minutes. And I just, I go, so great guys, we got five minutes. That's all we needed. And then I just, kept, the audience has no idea, but I was. I was like, is this five minutes of material? What yeah. do I have here? What am I thinking? What's the new stuff? What do I have left? Um, and then putting it together that way. And then it was just doing it over and over and timing and timing and then getting very clear. Okay, well, every single time you do this, are the laughs coming in the exact same place? Yeah. Um, are there moments where it feels like no one's laughing. This line you thought was so funny, no one else is getting. Do I cut it? You know? You have to send in a transcript like the week before. Oh, interesting. Yeah, you have to type it all out and send them a transcript. And then they send that off to their legal team and check all that stuff out. And I remember being nervous because I was like, well, what if I don't do exactly what I've written? Yeah. I'm always like switching up a word here and there or a drop. And it was like, as long as you don't curse or like going a rant against Big Pharma, it's fine.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I I I I've talked to people at Seth Meyers a little bit before, and they are at least from my understand looser than other shows. Other shows are like we might have swamp murders or whatever that show is <laughs> yeah, sponsored, yeah, yeah. or that's TBS. Seth Meyers is like, yeah, we look to make sure they don't like curse or do def- defame somebody. But for the most part, like our goal is like to have the people on there.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I did that. You know, in that said, I also I I had I tried to really like let myself have fun with it. He, he, you know, he comes backstage and greets people. And I said, I was like, "Can I, can I turn, point to you during yeah. my set? Can I play with you?" And he was like, "Yeah, sure." And so I was like, "Okay, if I'm feeling comfortable, do." It. And I, you know, and I got up there and was just like, "You get one shot to do this, and this is so done the same way every time. Do what you would do, which is like, you got a fucking rich white boy sitting <laughs> in the back. Call him out. Call him out.
1: And you can't practice that. That's like you can't go. You right. can't like go to a stand-up show. It's like just imagine Seth Meyers exactly. <laughs> over here smiling." and so picture him smiling (laughs) remember how he smiles cool all right so
0: exactly so i just had it in my head as like oh that'll be fun to do if i like have the balls to do it or the comfort to do it um god not the balls the strength okay it's not about gender it's not about sexuality it's not about organs it's about inner strength Mm -hmm. and i said if i can do it i'll do it you know um and I did. I kind of got up there. Was like, hey, who knows? It was like not even that. I was like, oh, I got them. I'm feeling so great. It was more like you do it once. Yeah. Do you think you
1: know where it would go? You have the time to do it. Yeah. You know it's funny. You right. know, he'll be smiling because he's smiling. Exactly.
0: He's like sit, sit, sitting behind everyone like a dad. You know, and it's also it's fun for the audience. You, know, you gotta you gotta shake it up a little bit. You know, within reason. It's not like I went and sat on his lap, but it's like <laughs> do what you can get away. You know. Get away. That also feels real to me. Like that's yeah. what I would do.
1: What's interesting when you watch it back is that moment where you is because the nature of they, sh- they shoot all angles. But usually, when the person has a person is late night set, it's just sort of you there. Right. So to have just a different angle or sort of set, you're like, "Ooh, this is just a little bit more dynamic." Just generally, like the the energy is different, and it feels it it underlines that like you're having a conversation yeah. like with a person because you're talking to set. Right, oh, set this whole time you're in this conversation.
0: <laughs> right, right. It's a, just a, an awareness of your surroundings, yeah. right? This, you know, I'm just it's like we're doing late night. He's sitting over there. You know what I mean? This is like we're performing, we're playing and to have a little bit calling out kind of where you're at and what you're dealing with.
1: Just to talk a little bit about the the other parts, there's a sort of there's wordings and the other thing that I just love, which is, uh, as, I, as I must, I have to imagine everyone bring this up, which is <laughs> you go, I can watch a classic, but I prefer a special victim.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yes. Which we all know what that means. Yeah. You know, special victims unit.
1: But it, the the shorthand, it's just, I mean, not to c- constantly underline how conversational you are, but it's just <laughs> so perfect. It's like, oh, you know, you know the rest.
0: Yeah, you know. I, you know. <laughs> I do, I talk to you as if, you know. Um, I assume we're on the same page. And there are also things I like, you know, there are lines and moments and a lot of bits where I enjoy, like, it's for me. Yeah. Or rather, if you get this, that's just fun. Yeah. Right? Some of those things are so, they could be thrown away. But for the pe- person who gets it in the audience, the one lone laugh or whatever, it's like, that's you, you You're my girl. You know what I mean? Like, you get it. And that's fun. I like to have I like to have those things the, the phrasing that if you care yeah you know if you're in it that's good.
1: How did you decide on the white girl names Megan Sarah Lindsay
0: Megan Sarah Lindsay I mean I don't know they're it's funny because I I, I've never met a black Lindsay but I know a black Megan several I know a black Sarah it's not like these are only (laughs) like I'm not you know what I mean like. I honestly know that those aren't only names for white women, but in particular in television, like in pop culture, there's such like go-to teen names. Teen especially. They're always just like, Megan, you know what I mean? And it's always, always, always. Or rather, I would say too, I very rarely see in film and television a non-white person with those names. Yeah right like it's not necessarily what's in the real world but what's constantly reflected in those shows yeah
1: it's like oh megan i and i could picture megan she's white and you're like there's megan good is a problem Exactly. black you know,
0: like you don't know, you can be you can be <laughs> it's a name but yet you always see but it's like has her name actually ever been megan or something like that in anything she's been in right you know what i mean like it's like that kind of thing
1: how did you feel uh,
0: afterwards it is so short 5 minutes is so fast you know we were talking earlier off mic about, you know, doing a show and that lead up to it. Like yeah. the inc- and that's what it was. I was losing my mind for a month. And then it's over in 5. So I think when it was done, I was like, "Okay. You know, I <laughs> I I thought it went okay. I as you know, as I felt it, I was like, "Oh, I wish I wasn't so stiff. I wish I yeah. had moved around." So I definitely felt that in the moment. But I didn't come off being like, "I killed it. This is the greatest." You know, yeah. it's so it's such a short amount of time. It's like I did what I had to do. I did what was asked of me.
1: Yeah, you said the words you were planning on saying. I said the words. You gave the transcript. You followed it?
0: (laughs) I followed the transcript. People laughed. I like my outfit. Like, it was like, okay,
1: you did it. I mean, that's, but that's being a professional comedian. is realizing every set does not have to be like uh, like a celebration that you did stand-up. Like, it's doing a job and it's doing the things.
0: I know, but then it's also, you know, I'm not old by any means, but... When I had dreams of being a comic, and then when I actually started comedy those first few years, that meant something. Like a late night set was a big ass deal. I think I was more nervous in a way than I was for my half hour. Mm -hmm. Terrified for both. But one, with the late night set, my mother was in the audience, so that always adds a little layer but also there's something so institutional about it. You know what I mean? We've been seeing this since Carson, like what it is to, you know, it's like, I wore like a, a fucking black jumpsuit and some heels. And I did, I was like, it was just so much more like, um, yeah, tradition, it almost felt like. It's also that
1: it's not your show. Right. It's the half hour, it's your show. They right. introduce, and that's it. The only thing is you. And there is something of, you know, and at minimum, like after two minutes, you can be like, okay.
0: Right exactly like for the half hour you know you have more time to sit in it you know you i know going in that if something doesn't work they can always cut it out yeah they can always sweeten it work around it this is the five so if any aspect of that five doesn't work it just don't work Mm -hmm. that was that feeling like i have to hit every single note not that i didn't want to for the half hour but i knew that i had a little wiggle room yeah
1: how did you then feel like a week later when you're sort of not thinking about, this why what I said. You're now like, okay, now I've done a late night set. I have a half hour coming out.
0: I thought it was pretty good. I think I was able to, again, the speed with which I brought it together, they're jokes that I really like. They're jokes that, if anything, I think, and I still will do the nutritionist bit, actually. Oh, really? I will. Um, because that's been the tricky thing. You know, when you do these things for TV, you know, people always talk about burning material, and you're like, well, I have to, um, I can't do that anymore now that has been on tv because there's another joke in that said about you know confusing like hipsters for white supremacists and i literally had come up with that just like, like i was just that was just getting yeah. fun yeah and then it's, i was like oh i can't do it no more i'm kind of done and i was like ooh you know i like to be able to sit in a bit for a little while and have that feeling of like okay by the time you film it in any capacity you're like i've done enough yeah i could say goodbye to you in a way. Um, and this one, you know, was really just trying to put together some new stuff.
1: I've talked to now a bunch of comedians about the burning material yeah. thing. And I think the the rule that I think is hardest is you can't do so much of the same set in the same market live twice. Yeah. Because then they might not want to buy tickets. But I think it's like, I've talked to, I think John Mulaney was like, no one's following you that closely.
0: Exactly. I think it, depending on what, I know I've heard from comics where they're like, ugh, the comedy club sent out my half hour posted that as opposed to posting a five minute set yeah and it's true it's like don't post the long stuff give them a little taste <laughs> yeah enough don't give them everything or else yeah you don't have much to like work with when you have to do like 45 or an hour but it's true people don't follow again you know or the people who who saw the set aren't necessarily gonna be saying people are gonna come pay to see you you know so you can definitely play and then also depending you know I have had people say, "Oh, I love when you do that bit." Yeah, I heard. I got a, I got a, Somebody tweeted at me, they like, "Where can I find this such and such bit?" Like they were just like, "Do you have an album? Can I find this bit?" Because like, yeah. they wanted to hear it again.
1: If you are a comedian, especially who has a way of speaking that is fun to hear, you like hearing them say the thing. There's like the rhythm to it. There's musicality to the way you say the names of the white women. And you're like, "Yeah, I want to hear that. I want to <laughs> hear that. I want just because even as we talked about the the main punchline of the the nutritionist joke." Is not a surprise. Yeah. It's yeah. it's it's like watching a sitcom again. <laughs> you are like I watched there's episodes of shows I've seen a million times. Do oh, yeah. you want to see them make that face?
0: Right, right. <laughs> so really it's it's your, you know, I see. is really like, did I do that? Mm-hmm. But for now. Okay, yeah, cool. That's, cool, your cool, new, cool, that's okay. gonna be a
1: catchphrase. I, <laughs> All your shirt's gonna just be you looking over your shoulder going, I see.
0: I see. Just, uh, ugh, a notebook.
1: We'll be back with more Naomi at after this word from our sponsor. Bonjour. C'est moi. Je m'appelle Jesse. Uh, you might be wondering why am I speaking perfect French right now. Well, it's because Good One, a.k.a. Bien Un, will be recording a very special episode at the Montreal Just for Last Festival Thursday, July 26th at 3 p.m. And the guest will be, drumroll, making his triumphant return, Will Forte. Yeah, uh, You know Will. He, he is so funny and nice. And he was on Saturday Night Live. And then he was in other things. And he was so funny in that. Uh, and so we'll be talking about the final scene of The Last Man on Earth. But, you know, I'll also ask him, you know, where are we at with this MacGruber sequel that uh, everyone's been asking about since uh, the first one? So uh, the point is, you should come to this show uh, if you're in Montreal or if if you're thinking about maybe traveling to Montreal, which you should, because it is uh, really, really nice in the summer. So Thursday, July 26th at 3 p.m. See you there. Au revoir. We are back with Naomi Ekparrigan. What did this joke sort of represent uh, as your short of your evolution as a comedian? Do you feel like you learned anything from it?
0: What I think was exciting and still is exciting about the joke is that it's pretty stripped down. There's not too much to it. And yet it's successful. And it put me in a good it's like, you know, as I said, I, I aim to be just a real person and to create this conversational feel and to get a laugh on two words, you see coming in a way. I think what it's funny about it is like the truth of it, the realness of it. They're like, yep, that's like, you know, I think an audience is like, yeah. I feel you. I'm with you on that. And it represented not having to necessarily guild so much.
1: Yeah. I mean, it is, I imagine you're like, whatever it is that at this point of doing standup with this short of a thing, they know who I am.
0: Yeah. And it's also a short. Again, it's like a again as I was putting together this five minute set and trying to put together pieces. I think we have like three or four distinct subjects in the five minutes, so they're different areas. And so what I love is like this is a short joke. It's a minute. Yeah. Maybe not even. And so it's also very utilitarian. You know, it's a joke that uh, I'm doing a set. I'm fucking around. I get the light. I can drop this right in. Uh, that's fine. Close it. We know we're done. And you know how to like. I'm like I got you with this. I know how this is gonna work. Yeah. And that is very helpful, you know, yeah. I think that's so crucial to um the work of standup. you know, learn, you know, I think a big thing you learn is, like, what does five minutes feel like? What does ten minutes feel like? whats is fifteen? what' twenty like learning what all those increments of time feel like in yeah. your body and in your in your talking. I know this is gonna mean this. and being able to mix and match is needed, you know, okay, I'm gonna start them soft, do something a little bit longer here, end it on something that's a little bit pithy and punchy. yeah and putting that all together.
1: Um can you think of a more recent joke that you're working on or you wrote that sort of you feel like is in a continuation of sort of the tone that you're able to get with this joke?
0: A little bit. There's one right now. It's it's still like half baked. It feels simple. It's another one that feels simple but seems to be working and it's about how um currently you know as a black woman I I actually feel guilty that I've been avoiding my power uh, in controlling young white women. Um, Because what I really, you know, if I put a well-placed girl before a sentence, I'm gonna reel in a white woman, you know? (laughs) I'm gonna get her to do what I need. I could be sitting here being like, girl, get them shoes, and she'll get them. Girl, cash in that 401K, she'll cash it in. (laughs) Girl, put that baby up for adoption, and she'll do it. You know, but it's a lot of responsibility. I think that's why Oprah had to go off the air. She couldn't keep doing it. Yeah. So that's what we have so far of that bit. It's silly. It's so silly, but it is, like, it's more of a, you know, it's like, it's a little three. We got a little three, a little height and whatever, but it's, um, it's a pretty simple idea.
1: What I I like about that joke.
0: Oh my God, thank you. Tell me, tell me. Let's workshop it. Let's workshop it. it.
1: I mean, it is, this is the compliment I think is, will be a very good compliment, which (laughs) is, that sounds like a Naomi joke. That sounds like a joke you would tell. That fits in the story that you are saying because i you know that joke the even sort of even the nutritionist in its own way which is sort of like you're you are a person who sees people go to the nutritionist and then also even and then obviously even closer which is The You want to give advice to white women to stop jogging at dawn.
0: I'm constantly trying to help them.
1: I know. Constantly. I'm worried about them. It's a funny place to uh, place yourself as a comedian. You once described it as uh, you like needling white people.
0: (laughs) I do. I like like to josh them. I like to roast them.
1: But uh, one example I I want to bring up just because it was so funny. And it's a joke of yours that I, I really love, which is about... How your font showing up in your fiance gives you a light kiss, and you learn it's because the lotion hasn't dried (laughs) yet. Oh,
0: yes, yes, yes.
1: What is your history of sort of taking that position of sort of or how you place yourself as a a person who talks about white people on stage? How do you think of it?
0: Um, I don't, I definitely don't think I was doing it out the gate. Like early on, I think a lot of my early stand up was about dating, just like going on dates and dudes. And maybe I took like a white guy and like whatever problematic thing he said, (laughs) like in the bedroom or during a date. Um, but as I got more comfortable, as I got sure that I was like actually funny and not just funny to my friends, I started to take a little bit more risks. And I think a lot of it, it comes from, it's like, this is the stuff I didn't have, I've always thought about, but definitely didn't have the guts to say when I was in high school, when I was in middle school, when I was the only black person and felt so out of place, but also felt like. This is bullshit. It's you supposed to be better than me. You know what I mean? It's like, we done set up this structure and I'm fucked and I'm like fucked up in it, but it's like not real. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so I think a lot of it, sometimes I say, I'm like, I do stand up for like my 14 year old self. Yeah. You know?
1: What is the, what is the actual audience that if you like that you came up in? Like the, I, I've heard you say that you, that you want to be performing for that 14 year old self, but. Who are you performing to?
0: Yeah, I perform for a lot of white folks. <laughs> yeah. You know, I was, you know, I know that there are black rooms and stuff like that. But I remember an early show at, and this will take tell you how far back, Ochi's Lounge in the basement of Comics Comedy Club, mm-hmm. Comics Comedy Club, R.I.P. in hell, um, in the Meatpacking District in Manhattan, and I was doing like a show downstairs, a little something, and I talked about having, and there were a bunch of black folks in the audience and i talked about having a white boyfriend and a bunch of them booed a bunch of the guys booed me yeah and it was that feeling of like there's only one right way to be black and one experience to speak of coupled with if you are a black person on stage you there's an onus on you to speak to the black experience yeah. but as defined by someone else yeah and I got that so early on and, you know, I, I've never been good with a heckle. And, I like, I wish I was somebody with, like, all those witty comebacks, but I'm not. Um, Because I honestly just want you to like me. Um, but it really messed with me. Yeah. Because if my stand-up has always been about talking about my experience, and so much of my experience is what it is to navigate white worlds, then maybe it does sound a little more white. So I don't know. Like it was very, you know, it's been, you know, some of the dating stuff can work, can be a little bit more like everyone gets it, but I've gotten a lot of flack or like where I've, and again, not, not recently, but early on that made me feel like that's not where I'm going to go.
1: Yeah. And I think as you're alluding to it, it is on stage, it's a representation thing, which is like, we, we don't have there, you have to represent whatever it is that we want. And so it's not just you. Europe and and that is I imagine for you it sounds like it was antithetical to what you wanted from being a standup, which is like I want to share my experience. Right. So to 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 be finds like no, you have to be this type of comedian who who tells the sort of more general stories. Isn't it like does not compute? It's not a thing that you wanted to do or or at, especially at that time aspired to do, and they're legitimately aggressively telling you that they weren't just like afterwards being like I, I prefer if you did they were like yeah. being like boo
0: like literally like and it wasn't like wasn't a big show like it was like, it was just like so like your boos are so loud for the space we're in um it is clear to me you're not happy <laughs> and i think i like you know and it's so um and again i don't think that would be the case now i think i think what you're actually seeing now is you see more black comics more, but what you're also seeing like the world kind of adjusts to the fact that black people contain multitudes. Yes, all races contain multitudes, but I speak as obviously I say black because that's like the community I'm in, and all of the judgments that are bestowed, or judgments bestowed. I don't know. You know, yeah. I have trouble sometimes. Levied. Thank you. Are based on you know what they see when they think of blackness. You know, now I think we see more comics in these different ways. Where it's like you know the whole kind of like a black nerd. You know, it's like where it's like, no, nah, honey, I wasn't a fu- I've been wearing glasses since I was six, reading yeah. Babysitter Club Book in the Corner. Like, it's like, we've always been a nerd. It's just more like, you never saw that representation. Yeah. And now we're seeing it more, so I do think there is more room. Like, I could go, but the idea of, again, black room, there's all kind of black. Yeah. So when we say black room, which kind of black room are we talking? Yeah. You know what I mean?
1: And the nature of, like, when you're defining the night and the room by its blackness, then it, then everything you're doing is sort of judged against that.
0: Exactly. A, Exactly. I mean, I don't know. There's like great, you know, there's that new Comedy Central show coming out called New Negroes. Yeah. And I did a set on that. And that's hosted by Baron Vaughn and Open Mike Eagle, who's a who's a rapper. And they both, you know, and they both said, they're like, we want to bring together everybody. The whole idea of, you know, started as a live show. was always called New Negroes. But they've always put together, when it was a live show, before it was a TV show, an array of comics. Yeah. We're all black, but it's all coming out different. Yeah. And I think that is, it's, it's less race and more... To me, it's, so much like, it's geography. It's classic. Like all that other stuff. And so when people are like, uh, Black Knight. But it's like, you just want folks from your neighborhood who know what you t- who know your life. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. You, that, that's Like, they... Comedy Club's version of Black Knight is for people who have defined whatever blackness is narrowly enough that they know they can go there for it. Yeah. And it is as a culture and also just sort of comedy as it's evolved there 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 has been more room for intro diversity in terms of what we look for black in terms of what a black comedian is
0: it's so funny because we're having this conversation i'm getting so nervous because i'm thinking about the internet fallout and that's just been interesting more and more and i and i say that i want to put it out there and call it out because it does actually it it relates to the concept of stand-up and what are we trying what are we doing and what are we saying because you know at a time where everyone is very sensitive and they have the ability to immediately contact whoever they feel is slighting them, via Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, et cetera. And I am, I think, again, I am a sensitive co- person. And I am a comic who does it because I want the connection between people. I don't do it for the rant. It's It can be catharsis, but I'm doing it for the connection. Yeah. So when somebody comes at me, it does hurt. Yeah. Because It's like, I wasn't trying to, but it, but just in general how it feels like, in order to stay heard, In order to prevent the shutdown from someone, you have to be so specific about the language you use. And that can be, that can make playing and developing a little difficult. It's a little bit more challenging. You know, like when you and I are sitting here talking, these are ideas that, Maybe I say them confidently, but there's certainly ideas that I haven't necessarily said out loud in a long time or yeah. had a reason to. So sometimes the execution or the word choice isn't what I would do if I was writing my think piece. Yeah, <laughs> you know.
1: Yeah, and I and that is not your your comedy was not created to do that. Mm-hmm. You're not like, oh, I have these think pieces and the way I'll express in my comedy. You're like <laughs> you it it is what you wanted to do and what is you're at a point where people want this from you is that. That communication. You're having a conversation. You're mostly saying most of the words, but I, you know, I, I've seen you. I could feel an audience sometimes um, want to respond when you ask questions. You know, <laughs> you know I, I'm the the best example I've almost ever seen is like when Two Dope Queens was starting. They would do that, and it was not heckling, and it wasn't that thing where audience members think they're helping by adding. They're literally, you ask a question, they answer it. Right. And and that is, I think like what you are so so good at, it. and I imagine what you hope the, the relationship is.
0: I don't know, I think comedy comedy is ultimately a conversation. I think when you're good, you're hyper aware of your audience. Sometimes there are people who are such strong personalities and we just love them, that they're very like, fuck you, I'm doing me, you <laughs> yeah. love me, right? Yeah. And, and there's sometimes where you're like, yeah, but I'm not that, per- I think I'm feeling an audience and what they're into. You know, and, and as far as I can see them, from, who I can see from the stage, I can tell the difference between someone who's looking at me and, like, waiting for the next thing and looking at me eyes glazed over. Yeah. You know, and I and, and I take it in. And I, you know, last night I was working on something. Again, I have so many true crime related bits and I will not let it go. And I'm working on this new thing. And I was like, I didn't have it yet, but I was like, because how I always start my comedy and, oh, I know what it was. We were talking about like how I started how I start my stand-up, how I start, even as, you know, we're talking about these concepts of, you know, what people expect for you or what you owe an audience. I always start a bit from a feeling. Yeah, I think what I always love, what I respond to the most, is an intense feeling from someone. Because even if I don't um, relate to the specific, I am delighting in seeing such a strong reaction. When someone's just like, you know... The way like some people who get so excited about like reality TV and how much they love it. Like I don't watch the show, but I'm I like love that you love it. Like I love yeah. that you have really strong reactions to strangers. You know what I mean? Um, so I always start my bit with like, like what am I feeling about this? Like last night I had a show and it was I was last minute ask. Um and I went on towards the middle. Like I and I was like chit-chatting. So I never had time to kind of get in my head, to be like, okay, what is a set? And I thought, okay, so it's going to be a loose one. We'll find some. And I literally, like, I was like, I didn't know what to do. And then I literally just kind of like looked down. I got these new sketchers. I'm very into my Skechers. It's I love a mom shoe. And so I literally just got on stage and was just like, I'm feeling my sketchers. And kind of, <laughs> certainly no joke there, but I think the audience at least had a little bit of fun listening to me kind of talk about how I love this mom shoe. Like I was like, Skechers, it ain't a fashion show. And it was like, and again, I don't say this to be like, oh, I'm so great. Yeah. Please, listener, don't think that I think that's the funniest thing ever. But what I'm saying is I started from an emotion and then got into what yeah. my actual it's, You're
1: You're are. having the bits come from the feeling first, opposed to like, oh, I think a funny thing happened. Maybe I can work backwards. Right. Where it seemed like this joke started with just like, oh, nutrition, and then I have that sort of that line about the shallot. Though later you f- there is that part of the joke where it's like it is ultimately rooted in that like do you, you, that the line of like you now eat to um, feel numb or whatever like there is that emotion comes but it seems like you probably work towards it where now you're like what are, what are the my feeling right and how can I make this comedy
0: it's also I think it's a it's a big pacing one I think you know you gotta land the resignation and awareness of that I see yeah uh, and it's so it's so weird to talk about your own jokes in this way. I know probably people <laughs> say something, but like to be so self aware about the joke. And I can only say this is a joke I've done before. I can't, yeah. you know. But that feeling is like I gotta hit that tone. That pause has to be just right. And it's like you know when I do something, I'm like you gotta write down everything you eat and what time you eat it for two days straight. I mean for two weeks straight. Yeah, everything I eat and what for two weeks straight. It's a little bit of a build. You yeah. don't really get your laugh to the end, and that could be one of those laughs of a relief where you just kind of get to it, but. It is a rhythm thing. Yeah. It's a rhythm.
1: As you're you know, you, you've you had this late night said you did you did a half hour, you're 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 now ha- out here in LA. And what is the comedian that you wanna be? Like both I mean, it could be specific people you wish you were like, or like when you think of yourself as this is what I you know, hope that I'd be doing as a stand up comedian, you know, where do you hope to be continue going towards? As I
0: said earlier, you know, I always got into stand-up to be a performer, to be an actor, to show who I am. It also seems like we are in this era of, you're a comedian. I want to hear your real story. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I hope that can happen. I also... The comic I want to be, you know... What I've struggled with is, like, being in in the move to L.A., not simply not getting up as frequently, which I think people always talk about when they compare New York to L.A., but it's also... My world is a little small now. And a lot of what I'm doing like I didn't come to LA to hang. I came to LA to like do business stuff. So the bulk of my activity is either like a meeting or writing. Yeah. That's not that's not the stuff stand-up bits are made of. You know, how and I and I've thought about this a lot, you know, as you get uh when comedians get very famous, and as a result get cocooned, yeah, when they stop doing the regular stuff everybody does, you can sometimes see it in their act, yeah. And so, but at the same time, I want the success, but how do I get the success and the perks and the ability to sell out a big venue, um, but still be able to live the life on the ground that gives me the material to bring the best to that big venue? Yeah, you know, like I'm scared that by the time I get to like a Carnegie Hall type space. All I'm going to talk about is airplane food. You yeah. know what I mean? So that is a question. And I think if I can keep stuff hopefully in an emotional place, right, that stays real and not get – even if I get real successful, never believe my hype, maybe. I don't know. Again, it's like it hasn't happened yet. But yeah. what I'm hoping is that I can uh, have more life experiences that I can break down and comment on in a way that keeps me – um generating
1: i've heard you talk a lot about sort of feeling like an outsider and then sort of having an outsider's perspective in the comedy that you generate and i think that's probably la is hard to feel like an outsider because there's like literally no one around (laughs) and what i think is what your comedy ends up doing is you sort of reorient where you are this outsider in the world and then on stage you are the insider and then you're bringing people into it and and I've heard you talk a lot about um, feeling like an outsider. And then a lot of your comedy comes from an outsider's perspective. But I think what you do is, you know, you reorient so that now you are the inside when you're on stage. And having that, what does that mean? In In so much as that. Having what? Having a place where you have rearranged the world where you are what normal is. (laughs) you know like not not normal like you're weird but sort of you are the like archetype of what a person is like you are the center of humanity in a way not to like
0: in that moment you mean
1: like you are your problems are the most important problems your perspective (laughs) you know like your perspective is the perspective it's it's not like you're not outside perspective when you're talking on stage it is the perspective.
0: But it's got to, but see the things, I actually don't think you are like the, I don't feel in that moment that I'm the new normal. I, I think actually the work is like, you can't be normal. You gotta, it's, you're almost, you want to present something identifiable, easily identifiable or relatable quickly, but then you got to put a spin on it that like is yeah. not just what I heard in the house. You know? Because I've noticed that there's certain times I've, I've had jokes or bits or I'm building and I don't get a response and I go, oh, that's because it's not that special of a thought. Yeah. It's not that special of a point of view on this thing. So you you almost you can't be. That's the tricky thing. It's like it's got to stay a little off.
1: Yeah. And that's the thing that you that LA makes it hard to do because
0: yeah, yeah, I mean there's so many things about there's so many things. I've also found like again, if so much of what you do is work, you know, for instance, I I've like worked in writers rooms and had funny ideas but then am I going to talk about the co-workers? whose agent or assistant or manager might be in the room. Yeah. And then people are sensitive, you know? It's like, or the way I had a joke about a coworker. But it, and it wasn't personal. It was more just about his name because he had such a he had such a funny name. <laughs> um, but then afterwards, someone came up to me and was like, oh, yeah, I know him. I listened to his podcast. And I was like, okay, fuck. Because I don't know him well enough. I think well I enough. His name it's
1: in Hayes da- Davenport?
0: Uh, Hayes Hamilton Davenport. And it's like my favorite. I was like, that's your name. That's fucking funny. Can we please... And I wasn't trying to roast, like it wasn't meant to be a personal insult. It was more like to play with that. And I also talked about how I found it triggering. So it was really about me. It wasn't about like this son of a bitch, this fucker. But as soon as that person said that, I had to go into work and I was like, "Hey, I just want to tell you about this because I don't want you to think that I was like saying bad things about you on stage." But that's like a headache I've never had to deal with before.
1: Yeah, that people are like, "Yeah, I know him." Exactly. You're like, you're not supposed to know these this like God. anonymous fancy named white guy
0: exactly like it's meant to be but it's like not anymore everyone here does one thing yeah everybody got a podcast so it all kind of connects you know in a way that it doesn't give anonymity to these concepts but like I like that's another like small dumb little joke that I love but I'm like it's like not
1: you're gonna have to invent a name as funny as him hey And it's,
0: there's no name as funny there's no name as funny I love it <laughs>
1: that sound means it's time for our final segment it's called the laughing round it's like a lightning round but because it's comedy it's a laughing round oh god <laughs> it's not it's a pretty casually paced lightning round. okay
0: okay okay, okay. So uh loud.
1: it's still conversational it's just sort of not so like what is your deal <laughs> <laughs> do you have a favorite joke joke street joke
0: no all right
1: passing is fine do you have uh, a joke that you wish you could steal and not like it's another community has it, but in this world, it is now your joke. No one knows it was that. It is just your joke. It's always been your joke.
0: I don't have a specific, but I've, if I could take a Chris Rock joke from Never Scared or Bring the Pain, I would. There's so much of that where I'm like, that is brilliant.
1: <laughs> would you want to do it like a Chris Rock thing where you're like setting up a premise like a million times and like <laughs> going to talk? I'm not well, doing I, impression, I, but you know the they... no,
0: definitely. And I think though, I will say he probably does influence me in the way that like I kind of play with volume and will kind of yeah. use cadence to uh, for comedic effect before the joke is even the punchline has gotten yeah. there. Um, so I don't know if I would do it that many times, but I swear, <laughs> God, you know that man taught me the beauty of a good pace across the stage. Yeah, I love a good pace.
1: The cr- he sort of prowls.
0: Oh, I know he's stalking. He's like stalking you. You know. With the longest microphone cord ever.
1: Cast yourself in uh, your dream procedural. You are the star. You are the showrunner.
0: So I have to pitch you this procedural.
1: Sure. You're the star.
0: I'm the star of the procedural. I am constantly trying to find a man, but I'm really bogged down in my job. And I resent the fact that I have to do my job all the time. But I'm very good at it, naturally. Like Mm -hmm. everyone in every procedural, you're just too good to ever walk away. You know, uh, I am, I think, maybe it would be called the weary detective. I'm always an hour from retirement. And then every single case I hear, I gotta get back in there. (laughs) I gotta get back in there. I am constantly, is there a brown person in peril? Mm -hmm. All right? Is there someone who... Because I believe half the time cases are solved because, like, you got a good detective that day. You got the person who was going to do the work, you know? And so I want to get the cases where, like, oh, everything every lease dried up. No, it hasn't. You are not working hard enough. And then I come in there and nobody likes me because I'm kind of— I've almost got the sassy, the sassy holier-than-thou attitude of house.
1: Yeah, um, that's what I was imagining. The
0: weariness of Murtaugh. Yeah. Um, and all the genius of the entire cast of Criminal Minds.
1: What are the name of your cats?
0: My cat's names are Squee and Prembly
1: If you were to name a new cat, what would the name be? Do you have a working t- name?
0: I don't. I truly believe in letting the animal show you his personality, his or her personality.
1: Can you think of a joke you wrote? You, so you've written for uh, Broad City, Difficult People, uh, Great News, shows that have jokes. Yeah. Can you think of a joke you wrote for and it could have could have got on it could not go on but a thing that you're like i remember right that said that on that show and i or wrote that for that show and you were happy with it
0: in episode 12 of great news there's a very it's so uh Andrea martin's character carol the mother uh it's a subtle joke it's much more of a character joke but there's the elevator doors are closing and she wants to get the elevator and she just she goes hold it i'm a veteran and I just like the idea of someone just saying they're a veteran. <laughs> no one's gonna probe into what war, yeah, yeah, yeah. and just using that to get things. So her saying, "Hold it, I'm a veteran," really tickles me.
1: Do you have a joke that never worked, but you always think is so funny, and you'll like go to your grave thinking it's funny, but because it has never worked, you don't try it anymore?
0: It doesn't work enough. Um, I have a whole, I have a whole thing about how I'm like. How I drink almond milk, which means I'm never gonna survive an apocalypse. Because when you drink almond milk, you are letting the world know you are not (laughs) accommodating. You know what I mean? You basically went into the store and were like, "Could you turn this nut into a beverage?" (laughs) And I think too many people drink nut milks, and no one likes it.
1: They're like, "He's like, yeah, no, no, you're you're correct. (laughs) Are you saying none of us will?" It's a joke that will only work not in New York. (laughs)
0: Exactly.
1: Can you do an impression of yourself? Well.
0: Women make me weary. But I have a jubu and thank God for it. Am I English? What is the voice I put on? But girl, bye.
1: (laughs) That's it for another episode of Good One. You can watch Naomi Ekparrigan's half-hour special on Amazon, iTunes, or the Comedy Central app. Listen to the podcast she co-hosts with her fiancé, Andy Beckerman, Couples Therapy, wherever you stream podcasts. Follow her on Twitter at Black Tris. Good One is produced by Mike Comite with additional production help from Marissa Melnick. Justin D. Wright did our theme song. Write a review and rate the show on Apple Podcasts. And hey, if you know one who might like the podcast, maybe tell them, what the heck. You can email any comments, questions, or laughing around suggestions to GoodOnePodcast at gmail.com. I am Jesse David Fox, and you can follow me at Jesse David Fox. We'll be back next week with a new comedian and a new joke. Have a good one.